Welcome to Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth, the podcast of Plymouth United Church of Christ. I am Pastor David, and on behalf of the members of this congregation, thank you very much for joining us. May God bless you through these words, and may you know God's love through them. Now, the podcast. Our gospel is from John's gospel story of Nicodemus coming to Jesus. Nicodemus only shows up in the Gospel of John, but he shows up a few times. And he has a very interesting encounter with Jesus. Uh, So I'll read that now, and as I do, please listen and hear for how God is speaking to you through these words of John's Gospel. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night And said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. And so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen. Yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe... How can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. I'm going to offer a bit of a confession, and it's a confession that uh, ought not be a, a surprise to anyone. But, I am not perfect. Thank you for being shocked. I'm not, I'm not perfect. And I don't say that that should come as a surprise because I think it's particularly obvious that I'm not perfect or because I think maybe uh, people ought to think that I'm, I'm perfect. I'm not. I've made public mistakes. That's... That's not the part as to why it should not be surprising that I can say I'm not perfect. 
it ought not be a surprise because it's a confession that we can all make. It's just part of being a human being. We're not perfect. It's a confession that we can all make, a confession maybe even we should make. Uh, in fact, our prayer of confession time that we do every Sunday is basically our chance to say to God, I'm not perfect. And to say to one another, I'm not perfect to remind us that we don't do everything correctly and admitting it to God and asking God's help to do better and trusting in God's grace and trusting in God's forgiveness to lift us up, save us from our imperfection. That's nothing to be ashamed of, but confess as a sign of humility that we just don't do everything right, that we're still learning. We are still on that journey of becoming faithful. In one way or another, we're in the wilderness. In one way or another, we're still in at least some portion of darkness, some part of us hidden in the night. The darkness is a nice place to hide. It can cover things up. It can feel comfortable. It can feel comfortable even, even in those times like when, we, when we hide, when we know that we're hiding and recognize that maybe we're living a lie, we're hiding a part of who we are, but still go in to that darkness. Seek that comfort. You know, Nicodemus here comes to Jesus at night. He comes to Jesus in darkness. This is a time before floodlights and streetlights. They had with light of the stars, light of the sun. Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. He comes to Jesus in the darkness. I've had Nicodemus moments. Where I've maybe come to Jesus in the darkness, been afraid to be too public, or just those moments when I have hidden part of who I am, those moments are, uh, that maybe I'm embarrassed about, or ashamed about, or simply fearful how my friends or family or uh, peers might react to what I'm doing, even if what I'm doing is for the good. There could be a hesitancy sometimes to hide even those parts of us that we like, but which we're afraid others might not uh, appreciate or tease us uh, or make fun of us for. But think of Nicodemus's peer group here. He was one of the leaders of the Jews. He was part of the Pharisees. His, his peer group were people that were not necessarily fans of Jesus, weren't so keen on what he was doing. And yet Nicodemus was touched by what Jesus had to say or intrigued or interested. There was something about Jesus that made Nicodemus want to go and find out more about him, to want to talk to him. But he knew that if he went to Jesus publicly during the day, his friends might harass him, might ask him about it, might even question whether or not Nicodemus... Uh, should be in that group anymore. He might have lost his station. He might have been booted out. So whatever Nicodemus's reasons were for coming at night, I think it's clear that he felt it was at least safer. It was a safe way to come to Jesus. He feared something. He 
if he were to come to Jesus publicly. So he comes in the darkness, hides an important part of who he is, the part that wants to know more about Jesus, the part that's curious, the part that says, I'm not willing to condemn this guy yet till I really hear what he has to say. We probably all do that. I do it. Hide those parts of me that aren't necessarily bad or good. And you may not know this. I don't often say this publicly. But one thing that I often feel I kind of need to hide is that I love the sound of music. The movie. I just love the movie. I always during the sound of music, especially that scene where Maria comes back, family are singing and hear her voice coming from a distance as she comes in and joins in. I don't often tell people of that because it surprises people. Sometimes they make fun of me or tease me. I hide that part of who I am. There may be other things like that in your life, but there are also the more serious Nicodemus kinds of moments. Or maybe we feel we have to hide in the darkness something really important about who we are. After I was uh, done with college, I left engineering. I was working at a grocery store. I'd already taken some level of, I don't want to say abuse, but certainly a lot of questions from friends and family about why I would do that. Part of it, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I was hearing God calling me into ministry. I needed some time to sort that out, but I wasn't comfortable saying that out loud. Kind of afraid to talk about the, the religious part of things. I spent some time pursuing, uh, maybe going into the Peace Corps, uh, worked with the denomination, looking at some possible mission opportunities overseas, uh, and kept a lot of that pretty quiet. I was also thinking of going to seminary to enter ministry. And my whole seminary application process, I did in secret. I didn't tell anyone. So afraid of what people might say. Not that I would feared they would say anything bad necessarily, but just to fear their lack of understanding or their questioning of my motives or anything. So my family didn't know any of this until I was accepted to Union, a seminary where I ended up going, and I called my parents and said, oh, by the way, there's going to be a change in my life. I've decided to go to seminary. I felt called to ministry, uh, and the seminary that I'm going to is in New York City, and school starts in less than four weeks, and you're probably going to have to drive me there. It was an uncomfortable conversation and a weird moment and a bit of a shock for him. Felt good to, to, to let it out. And I wish that I hadn't kept all that a secret, but at the time it just felt like I couldn't be real public about that. And so I had a couple of years of me feeling I needed to hide an important part of who I was. That's not a good way to live try to pretend I'm not thinking about this, that I'm not looking at going to seminary. You know, I was going uh, to Jesus. I felt Jesus tugging me and pulling me towards him, but I felt it was safer if I went in the darkness. 
by myself. What have been your Nicodemus moments? What are the Nicodemus parts of your life? When have you hidden part of who you are, part of you that you really like, that you wish you could share with others, but there's just some fear, hesitation uh, in doing so? You know, we often talk in the church about the spiritual costs of hiding the parts of ourselves that we don't like, of not confessing uh, our mistakes. We talk about the spiritual cost of, uh, of hiding the things that we don't like, that we wish we were different. But what about the spiritual cost of hiding the things that we do like? The spiritual cost of not being fully honest about who we, who we are, about the good parts, things that we enjoy things that bring us life but maybe we don't share because we're just afraid of questions people might ask or that we might get teased uh, or uh, be denied or pushed away because even though it's not a bad thing maybe it's just a misunderstood thing and it could be something simple like a love for sound of music or musicals or knitting or flowers or you know something that doesn't fit your gender stereotype or your professional stereotype simple things like that or, you know extreme pet grooming uh, roller coasters or writing poetry or fan fiction or some of the more serious things think of the people that are afraid to come out as gay or transgender even though that's an important part of who they are, or the person who is very responsible but hates their responsible job, would love to be doing something adventurous and different, and that may seem very irresponsible, but it tugs at their heart. Or the Christian who hides his or her faith from family or neighbors. Now we're told not to pray publicly and be obnoxious, and often, I think, in our tradition, we take that then to mean don't even talk about your faith at all with anyone. But that's, kind of, that's almost as obnoxious and extreme as, as being the vocal guy. Don't need to be afraid to be who we are. I imagine that's what Nicodemus is feeling. He comes to Jesus in secret. It's a human hesitation. But yet he went. Important to remember that he went. Even if he did it in darkness, at least he went. Went to Jesus. So even in our Nicodemus moments, maybe at least we're, we're going, we're doing something. There's some hope in that. We don't have to be stuck there. There's a chance to move on, to be reborn, to find new life. So Nicodemus goes, and then Jesus gives him these cryptic words about not seeing the kingdom of heaven unless one is born from above, born from God, born through water and spirit, these kind of esoteric words. But I, I, what I hear in that, I think Jesus is responding to Nicodemus coming in secrecy, saying you don't have to do this in secret. Part of being fully alive is to not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't hide who you are. And there can be a, a tremendous sense of rebirth or freedom or call it what you will by letting out that truth to be who God made you 
to be. At some level, I think Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, don't be afraid to be who you are. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, not to condemn, but to save. How can you be afraid with a promise like that? And Nicodemus slowly moves out of the shadows and into the light through the rest of of John's gospel. He shows up two more times. He shows up four chapters later when Pharisees are looking to arrest Jesus uh, and, and to condemn him. And Nicodemus reminds them that people are to be given a hearing before being judged. Nicodemus stands up to Jesus publicly. And the Pharisees respond to Nicodemus by accusing him of being a Galilean. Well, you would only stand up for Jesus if you also were a fellow Galilean, which was a backwater, kind of not-so-popular place to be from. And after Jesus has died on the cross, Nicodemus brings 100 100 pounds of myrrh and aloes, and he and Joseph of Arimathea, who also had been a secret disciple of Jesus. Those two come together in the broad daylight of a Jerusalem afternoon to take Jesus' body, prepare it for burial. Not hiding anymore. Doing this very public act. They are believing, however slowly or imperfectly, starting to believe and to live. We don't know what their social or religious cost was to either one of them to stop hiding, but clearly they felt it was worth paying. The good news is that we're not asked to be perfect, only to grow in faith. Nicodemus, not condemned for coming at night. Neither was Joseph condemned, Joseph of Arimathea, not condemned for being in secret. Jesus washed Judas' feet. Peter denies Jesus, but he still becomes a powerful leader in the church. They weren't perfect, but they loved, followed, they tried, and we are not asked to be perfect either, just to be faithful, to not hide who we are. That includes not hiding that we follow Jesus, not to hide that we find something in Jesus' words or actions that compels us to keep gathering as Jesus' community, to worship, to sing, and to pray, and to praise. Not to hide that, maybe even to be so compelled that we invite someone to come with us, to share in it, to come uh, here with us, and hear the good news. That's getting out of the shadow of night. Do not be afraid to tell people, to invite someone, to come with you, to hear the good news that Jesus came to save, not to condemn. That God loves the world so much, loves us so much that God is not satisfied with us living in secret, living secret lives in anxious Darkness, but wants us to live brightly and openly in the full light of God's Son. That's the good news. Amen.
And that is the good news for this day and for all days. Thank you again for listening to the Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth podcast. If you are in the Eau Claire area, we especially invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. And I invite you also to check out our website at pcucc.com for upcoming events and special worship services. From Plymouth United Church of Christ, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, this is Pastor David. Thank you for spending this time with us. May God bless you.